What's up, everybody? I hope you had a really good weekend. My name is Nick Acosta, and you are listening to the Arizona Streaming Podcast, Episode 9. My guest today on this episode is another Nick that I recently met. Uh, Really, really small world, but we come from the same area and are in the same industry and have a lot of things in common. So Nick Robertson is is my guest this time. He uh, was a pleasure to talk to. We talk golf, baseball, business development, and a couple other things i hope you guys really enjoyed this podcast let me know what you guys think and here you go What's up, Nick? What's up, Nick? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm well, thank you. Yourself? Doing well, doing well. It's kind of weird, you know, saying Nick and and hearing Nick back is my first guest with with the name Nick. So, right, pretty cool, it is pretty cool. Um, so is this is going to cool. be an interesting podcast because as we were just talking, uh, we don't really know each other. I mean, we we just talked, you know, probably for about five minutes beforehand, um, but we have a lot in common. We both live in Arizona in Phoenix. We both are from California, specifically North County, uh, San Diego. So we grew up probably about 10, 15 minutes from each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we're both in the real estate industry. You're uh, at a title company. I'm at a mortgage company. And we've been out here for roughly about 10 years. So yep. what what a small world that both we uh, cross paths. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. So I thought it would be really interesting to have you on. And yeah, let's... Uh, Let's dive into it. So, um, so what brought you out here, man? Just to start. Um, so originally, I know crazy. Um, I was doing uh, construction with my dad, building houses, framing. Okay. And at the same time, I was playing professional softball. Believe it or not, have you ever heard of traveling softball? I have. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I was playing. I was fully sponsored by Louisville Slugger, playing for Team USA and was fully sponsored by a big team who traveled all over the nation, right? So I traveled two, three times a month for seven months during the summer. And next you know it, I had a tournament out here in Arizona and I loved it out here. Um, So I decided, hey, look, let's, let's give it a shot, right? I mean, knowing for yourself, knowing growing up in San Diego as a young man, it's hard to really establish yourself, right? Right. I mean, to save money and really get ahead. For sure. So uh, I had friends out in Arizona and, you know, they were open to giving me a place to stay. So I was like, let's go, you know? So <laughs> I applied for a couple of jobs out in Arizona and uh, got one of the jobs and picked my stuff up and moved out here. And next thing you know, I just kind of, uh, I was the head bartender at the Weston Kierland okay. in North Scottsdale. Right. Yeah. So I started out as a food runner, but then worked my up way up as a bar back to bartender to head bartender. So um, that was a amazing gig for me, and I just loved it out here. Right, I was able to get ahead, um, you know, establish myself now as a young man, put some money away, and just build a good life, you know, a quality of life, right? Because that's what we all strive for. I mean, um, money's not everything. However, I'd love a little bit extra money to get ahead to have that quality of life. Right. Yeah. Money's so, not everything, but, um, experiences are. And when you are, you know, house broke and you know, your cost of living of where you're, where you're at is really, you know, kind of inhibiting your ability to go out and do trips or, you know, get out and out of the house and go do stuff like that. That's a big time thing. So, and that's what I learned as well when I moved out here is like, okay, it's not just about, you know, having money, but it's about being able to do stuff like, you know, putting some money away as well as if I need to do a trip or if I, you know, I have that ability instead of just being completely consumed with my housing payment, you know, in San Diego. Yep. 100%. So, yeah. um, yeah, that's how, that's how I, you know, decided to move out here. So, um, and just, I've loved it ever since. And I don't know, I don't think I'll ever go back to San Diego, maybe buy a condo back there to go back and forth. But with me 
my family living there and my wife's family both from there. I mean, we get to go back and stay for free, eat for free. So um, we get the best of both worlds right now. For sure. Yeah. That sounds, like I said, eerily similar because that's exactly how I feel. It's and I just, on my last episode, I had one of my friends that is living in Sacramento and she, she had moved away from San Diego kind of about the same time that we, that I did. And we have the same thought. It's like, you know, we go back and we're like, ah, you know, this could work, you know, I, I could make it happen. And then just, nah, I really like Arizona. Like I like home is Arizona. And it's, it took a, a couple of years for that to set in, you know, whenever, you know, cause I would, in the first couple of years of living out here, I would go back, you know, pretty often, you know, four or five, six times a, a year. Cause it is only a six hour drive. Or if you're catching a flight, it's a 45 minute flight and you're, right. and you're there. Um, but after a while and starting to settle down, you know, get married and you have kids and you realize, you know, Arizona is home and I'm in the same boat. I don't think I would go back. I mean, like you said, maybe a second home, a condo, somewhere to escape. But at this point, all of my family is out there and you always have a place to stay. You always, you know, yeah, you always have events to do. And it's just kind of like a, uh, a nice little getaway. And like I said, six hours away. Yeah. And it just basically just cost gas money. Right. Right. So, um, I kind of, like I said, have that similar route. So whenever I, whenever I was out there, I was, um, I was selling life insurance. Um, so I was traveling to East or East County, San Diego. So like El Cajon, Spring Valley, that area and going really door to door. I try and set appointments and, and get in people's houses to sell them life insurance. So that was a, a year of a lot of learning and a lot of uh, rejection and just a lot of um, you know trial and error. You know, uh, I did it for just about a year, and then from there, I was like, I need to get out. Like, I want to be able to afford my own place. I want to be able to move out and live on my own. I don't want to rely on roommates. And uh, so, yeah, I, I had a, a buddy that was moving out here right around the same time. Had an aunt and an aunt and uncle out here, and I was like. I'll move out. Like I'll move to Arizona. I'm cool. I, I had no idea. I've never been to Arizona before. You know, I knew it was hot, I, but other than that, I was like, I don't, I don't know what it has, but I know it's cheaper to live here and you can buy a house here and not yeah. be able to buy a house in San Diego. So I worked as, or I was a head coach or a, a football coach um, for the, for mission, the school that I graduated from with uh, coach Putnam, who we talked yep. about the other night. Yeah. Um, did that for, you know, the fall season of 2010. I was also working at um, Welk Resort as a golf cart attendant. So the golf course, I would literally just hand out golf carts and collect them. And it's a pretty cush job because you just get to play as much golf as you want and just kind of play around and, and no real major responsibilities. Um, yep. And then February came around. I had like a thousand bucks saved to my name packed up and yeah, came out here and just hit the ground running. I, I came out here to a part-time teller job. I was making like $11 an hour. So yeah. a lot of sacrifices, but it was worth it. And yeah, 10 years later, it's, it's now been in, it's been the right decision. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Yeah. I, I feel wholeheartedly the same way, man. So yeah, been an absolute blessing. So, uh, as far as Elrod Welks, uh, how long ago was that? So I started, I want to say I probably started around July of 2010 and then I left February of 2011 right before I moved out here. So probably okay, so roughly about yeah, seven or eight months. Did you, I don't know, my sisters used to work there. Okay. I have stepsisters, Chia Lopez and Madeline Lopez. They don't sound familiar. What, uh, what areas do they work in? I think they were like in the marketing in the, in the golf shop or I thought they were, I, well, no, no, maybe they were just in, like the resort side of it for marketing and stuff like that. May have, I most definitely probably have crossed paths with them, yeah. you know, with events or, or just traveling around and going to the, you know, the restaurant or whatever. But yeah, it was a small world. There's a couple, there's a, another girl that I went to high school with that was working there at the same time. And I had a couple other friends that worked there either beforehand or afterhand. And my brother worked there afterhand. So it was yeah. right down the street from our house. And and like yep. I said, that golf course is really fun. It's still one of my favorite golf courses because it's, it's a long executive course. So it doesn't take you all day, but it's not a short, you know, par three course, you know, that's going to yeah. be super quick. Um, so I, anytime I go back there, I still try to go play, play some golf. Yeah, there. It's a great property. Yeah, for sure. And all my friends are like, oh, we're going to play Welk again. I'm like, I don't live here. Let me go and play <laughs> there. So, right. Um, have you been enjoying golf out here? Dude, 
I'm addicted. Yeah, it's the spot to be. Like, if you're going to play golf, you might as well live in Arizona. Yeah, I'm addicted. Um, I just started really picking up the game about four years ago. Okay. Started playing about four years ago, and then, but really have taken it seriously, very seriously, last two years. Yeah. So, uh, last two years, last one year has been a lot of fun. Nice, nice. Are you, uh, what are you shooting average? Like, are you in the 80s? 70s? Yeah, I'm about an eight to ten handicap. Okay, That's so I'm shooting good. right around an eighty right now. That's pretty good. That's really yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. It's been fun. Yeah, very nice. Oh. I uh, I had told myself so. I'd watched um, that Bulls documentary earlier this year, and yep. uh, you know, just watching Michael Jordan again and like kind of hearing what he has to say. Like, I was like, I should really dedicate some time to getting really good at at something like you know whatever it may be. I was like, I, I've played golf for, you know, a good majority of my life. I, I'm decent. I can shoot some good shots, but never anything consistent. And I was like, I should really just dedicate to being really good at golf. You know, I have a golf course. I have legacy golf course, which is one of the nicest courses in, in Phoenix, a quarter of a mile from my house. So I can hit the driving range there and just, you know, get really good as much as I can during the week. Um, so that was the plan. And then I also ride and race dirt bikes and had a pretty vicious crash at the end of June and broke my collarbone, broke my scapula and a couple of ribs. And so I'm, oh. I'm in the mend of trying to get my golf swing back. Yeah. Once, once that gets uh, fully cleared, then I'm going to have to hit you up and we'll go play, play some golf. Yes, please. I mean, whatever, dude. I, I, uh, I actually currently do a monthly um, realtor outing. Okay. I take like 12, 11 of my uh, realtor partners that like golfing out once a month. And that's my way of just kind of connecting and getting out and we have lunch after. And so that's our one, that's our, like a mastermind, right? Cause I work with agents anywhere from doing 70 million all the way down to agents to do 5 million. Right. So uh, it's a great piece for, you know, business development for these realtors too, right? Because they get to throw off different strategies, what's going on in the market. So it's my monthly realtor mastermind, but we're on the golf course. And so all these guys get to meet each other. Next, you know, it, um, now they're all in, in each other's network and, right. uh, they can help each other. Right. And so that's a really good, it's a really good idea. Um, definitely something to put in your, in your playbook to, to get out because essentially you and I are in the same boat, um, with, with our businesses, you know, 100%. I'm trying to, to connect and build relationships with realtors. You're trying to connect and build with relationships with realtors as well as mortgage, you know, lenders. So yeah, that's something where, you know, you can, you can put a bunch of people in the room, let them work, you know, throw ideas off of each other. You know, you're kind of just the connector. And then at the same time, you know, they're, they're remembering you because you brought everybody together. So anything they come out of that networking event or their ma- that mastermind, it's because of Nick. And so really, really smart and really good idea to, to put in your playbook. If you're, if you're trying to do that, I might have to steal that idea. <laughs> Let's go. We might just have to uh, partner up and make it bigger. How about that? I'm good with that as well. I'm good with that. Yeah. yeah. Any, any reason to get out on the golf course and especially now that it's not 120 degrees, I can, I can make that happen. Amen. And I love legacy. That's legacy right there next to uh, the Raven, right? Yep. Yeah. So Raven is uh, a little bit, East and then legacy is right on 24th and baseline. Yeah. So it's, I love, I love legacy. I've only played there once and I really enjoyed it. So yeah, let's get out sooner than later. If you do, uh, if you do golf now and you get like a hot deal, um, you can play like during the summer, you can get ridiculous rates, but you know, the right. best way to do it is when it's, you know, when golf is super expensive in the fall and the winter, um, because everyone wants to come out and play, you know, all the snowbirds come down and they play, um, but you know, getting a hot deal of, you know, right down the street, if you can just go play, you know, nine holes before the sun goes down, that's really your best bet. And yeah, you're playing at one of the nicest courses for, uh, you know, a discounted rate. So yeah, it's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. I've, I have played Raven once, um, but I played legacy probably four or five times and it's, nice. it's a fun course. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. Um, so, have you played uh, TPC? I have. Yeah. I've, I actually played it three times within the last month and a half. Really? Yeah. I got a, I have a, a broker partner who is a TPC member. Okay. And so he can get me on for $35 with him. So he's always just like, let's go. I'm take like, yeah, let's go. It. Take advantage of it. How do yeah. you, uh, how, how do you play the 16th? Um, I, 
All right. I dude, it's it's a lot shorter than you think. Really? Have you played it yet? I have not. I have not. Okay. So the stadium isn't up. Right. Right. All that is down. So I mean it doesn't even look like the same hole. Right. It's super weird. But from where we normally play, we don't play from all the way in the back. We play like one up. And it's like 128 yard, uh, 128 feet. Oh man, 128 yards. Yeah, it's yeah. not even that long. And so you're you're a wedge every single time. So it's 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 funny. It's funny. Um, like my last time I played, it was the pin was on the bottom right, and I hit probably a foot on the right hand side of the pin, but then it like funnels down to the right, <laughs> and so I hit like a foot from the pin, but then with spin. It funneled down off the green to the right. Oh man! So, I mean, it hit some good shots, but it's um, it's you. You always try and go for the flag, which I do on that hole for sure. You have to any par three, you got to go for it. Like, <laughs> yeah. And um, it always gets me in trouble instead of just it's a big green too. Instead of just hitting the middle of the green and figuring out, right? So I've That's never my... had a great. I've already yeah. I've, I've parred it, but I haven't gotten a birdie on it yet. So. That's my biggest problem when it comes to golf is like, since I don't play a ton, like I'll probably, you know, when I'm, when I'm actively playing, I'll play maybe once a month or, you know, once every couple of weeks. But that's my problem is like, I get a little, not overconfident, but I get aggressive. I'm like, I could, I could clear this shot. Like I can make it, or I start to not hit some shots and I'm like, all right, now I got to overcompensate. And now I gotta, I gotta hit the shot. Even I'm not playing for anything, but it's just a more right. of, yeah, you want to hit a good shot and feel good and, and feel like a pro kind of, and yeah. it goes the wrong way instead of the way that you want it to, but it's sure. a matter of that. Um, I just really need to, when I do get playing again, I just need to go to the range, you know, two or three times a week and just, mm-hmm. just, yeah, get in a consistency, get my swing. I have a, a pretty decent swing. My only problem is my clubs are from like high school still. So I just mm-hmm. need to invest in some clubs and, and have a reason to go use them. You know, if I, yeah. if I invest, you know, a couple hundred bucks into some clubs, then I got to go use them. I can't just let them sit in the garage, like my, my clubs now. So. Yeah, no, that's definitely one thing uh, is, on the practice range for sure, because it's really a confident sport, right? So you got to have that confidence when you get out there because like I'll go on the range and I'll hit a certain club right at the pin every single time. Right. Right. But that's because I've done the repetition, the repetitive swings so I can adjust accordingly through each swing. Right. But then I'm like hitting them perfect with same swing, same swing, same swing. But then when you get on the golf course, you're like, oh, well, there's a bunker there and the pins on the top right. And then there's a it, it drops off the back. So I don't want to hit it too far. Right. Then you get in your own head instead of just no, it goes 110 yards or right. it goes 150 right. yards Do the same swing I did on the um, range. And it'll land pretty much exactly. where I want it to go. <laughs> yeah. But we overthink all the little, you know, minute things around it. And then we do a different swing. And we get ourselves in trouble instead of just being like, no, just trust your swing that you did on the range a hundred times. Right. And it'll land somewhere where you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's such a, it's a very fun sport. It's a lot of fun. Like if you just don't let it get into your head, it's a ton of fun. But the second that you start getting into your head, then it's just downhill. The last time I played, uh, was probably beginning of June and it was actually in, uh, in California when I was visiting some family and, first two holes i i did really well and then i made a really bad shot and then it just went downhill and the rest of the 15 holes were just not very good and it was not a good not even a good fun outing like i was with friends and i was like this is not even even fun and yeah but the second that you do have a, hit a good shot it just turns it around you're like all right well i can play some golf now and then the next <laughs> hole shows up and <laughs> so but so yeah. uh so how long have you been um in title, like how long have you been in this, this industry and how did you get into it? Uh, great question. So two and a half years now, Okay, I started February, March of 2018. So yeah, two and a half years now, uh, almost three years, obviously here coming this next February. And, um, I was going to start my own insurance company. Okay. And so I was studying for my test. I was going to be Nick Roberts, farmer's agent, Nick Robertson. Right. And next, you know, I might, I met the vice president of lawyers title and we hit it off and he's like, Hey man, let's talk a little more. So we did a, you know, a 
just a casual lunch outing kind of meeting. And he's like, I have an open spot. I'd love to hire you. Let me know if it makes sense. So next thing you know, it, I just kind of sat up, sat and thought about it, slept on it. And uh, next thing you know, it, I was like, all right, you know, what's the opportunity, you know, show me where we can be in a year. Show me where we can be in two years. Right. Where's what's my growth look like? What is the opportunity out there? How do I go about this? Right. Because I'm a very, you know, I like to kind of see things so that I know my, my, my mind's always spinning. Right. So I like to kind of see how I can get there and then I can go attack. Right. So he showed me the path and I was like, wow, that sounds a lot better than selling insurance, you know, on for farmers. Now I'm selling insurance on the title side. So we just had a really good conversation and he's an awesome dude. You know, he's just, you know, one of the guys, but at the same time, he's knows how to be your boss when he needs to. Yeah. And uh, so I was confident in that and decided to move forward with it. So now two and a half years, um, it's been awesome. Built a great book and I'm having fun with it. And, um, just the industry in general, right? I mean, real estate, mortgage, title. Um, we are all blessed. I mean, we get to kind of make up our own schedule, work who work with who we want to work with. Right. And, and you know, I'm a firm believer of working with people that you truly want to be around, right? Because now I get to wake up and call Nick, right? Call, you know, my my buddy Braden, my buddy Eric, my buddy, you know, Michael. And say, what's up, man? What are you doing today? What's on? What's your goals for today? Right. All right. Well, let's go. How can I help you get there? Right. And in return, not only helping them get there to make more money, but we're also making more money together. And so it's like our own unique little business together, even though we're different entities, right? For sure. So um, it's been fun, man. So no matter what space you're in, in the real estate space, right? Like so title, mortgage, or real estate um just putting the right people around you that want to work on your same frequency it's all fun yeah yeah i i agree 100 um you know it's you know as we were talking before i i've been in this industry for total uh going on nine years um i've been with this company for six and a half years um i was really behind the scenes um in processing beforehand and really just kind of not in this space that you were just explaining, um, more of just like you get stuff, you know, thrown onto you, you got to work through it, which was, it was really cool because you learn a ton and you can really just, you work through problems all day. Like you just find, you know, find solutions, you, you fix things, you, you just are, are communicating with people. It's a little bit more stressful in a sense that you have to figure out problems and you can't really control your workload. You know, if, if loan officers have a, have a slow month, you know, that's less files that you're going to, you're going to close as a processor. And then you're, you're really, your bonus is going to be inhibited and you got a base, which is cool. But, you know, I was always shooting to, you know, make as much money as I can, but when you're in processing, like I said, you can't control your pipeline, you know, loan officers control their pipeline. You can only, you can't, you can only grind as much as you are given so when I stepped out into the sales role, you know, my plan was always to be, look, I'm going to be an, an assistant. I'm going to learn this side of the business. I already know the back end of the business. Um, I just need to figure out how to build relationships, how to, you know, get in touch with realtors, how to find leads and, and, and build a book of business. And it's been a, an absolute learning curve. And one of the things that I was so used to was like nine to five, in and out. Like you, you clock in and then you clock out. Well, this is completely different. You know, you need to be available really whenever, um, which has its pros and cons. You know, sometimes you got to pick up the phone at nine o'clock at night and, you know, talk with a realtor, talk with a borrower. Um, or if you are, you know, if you've gotten all your work done, you have the ability to, to go and really do what you want. Like you, you control your hours. So it's been a really, really cool learning curve. Um, now it's coming to, as we spoke a little bit before this, you know, in the next month or two, I'm going to be stepping out on my own, which is going to be a a huge next step in my, in my career. Um, I've built a nice foundation for it. Um, but I'm really excited to, to kind of take it to the next level and then just kind of see where it takes me because, 
yeah, it's, it's like you said, it's, we all are going to be working together. We all want to achieve the same goal. You just need to put the people around you that are going to help push you there as well as support you and you do the same for them. So yeah, for sure. Um, whenever you first started, you know, one of, like I said, one of the things that we have in common is that we, we are trying to attract realtors. We're trying to touch, you know, get in touch with realtors, you know, break that barrier and build a, a relationship. What was one of your first, like, uh, strategies to do that um well on my side with lawyer's title um and and for yourself right we have different products that we can offer realtors right and along with other title companies other mortgage companies you know have you have different products different tools you can offer that are very similar um but how i you know kind of first broke in was just the service really, right? I mean, what are you currently doing right now? Like I, my question to most realtors would be, um, you know, do you love where you're at right now? As far as title guys, title wise is, um, do you love your title company? You know, they're like, yeah, I do. I love my title company. Oh, great. You know, what do you love most about it? Is it on the marketing side or is it on the escrow side? Oh yeah. I love my escrow officer. I don't really get much marketing help. Right. So that's where, I would come in, right? Because I'm business development. I'm on the marketing side. So that would be, well, that's what I want to talk to you about. You know, like um, if I can help you grow your business, you know, I'm not even looking to step on your current title's toes. Like your, your escrow officer is probably awesome. You know, you know, great. I got a couple of those as well. However, I'm not only looking to step on your current title's toes, but if I can show you how I can help you grow your business and earn new orders, I just want to earn those orders to start. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for and sure. next, you know, it, that goes a long way for them because I'm not saying, no, I want all your business now. Right. So I'm like, look, stay where you want to, you're at, but let me show you how I'm going to help you grow. And then once we get a deal together with them, then they see my service with my team and my escrow officer next year. I know it like, wow, they're going to realize two things, right? They're either going to realize they're already with the best or now they're going to be with the best because they just got the best service. Right. For sure. So, and I came from a place of adding value first, right? Cool. I don't need any business now, but let me show you how I'm going to earn it. Right. Right. So, um, so there's different tools that I could offer to them once we sat down and I understood their business a little more. And then I'd flip, fill in the blanks, right? Because I already overcame the fact that they don't, they don't get any help on marketing. Mm-hmm. Right. Or they get a little bit of help, like someone helps me with design and print, right? Well, you know, in my case, I have a lot more tools than just design and print. So then I would help them on, you know, their farm. Um, you know, how how do you put a CRM together, social media content, just the whole works, right? So just give, 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 you know, and then finally they'll see like, man, this guy's actually trying to earn my business, I'm going to give him a deal right. to see how his escrow is. And then once my escrow knocks it out of the park for them, now they're like, all right, dude, here's two more deals. Right Now here's three more. Next you know it, their current title company that they loved, you know, is now us. Right. And yeah, so, that's exactly, you know, the mindset that, you know, we have to have is that, you know, we need to figure out a way to provide value to to agents because a there's a million loan officers and title agents that want to try and work with them. Yep. Um and B, you know, even though every company does have different products, we all achieve the same thing, you know our company in comparison to fairway or to Nova or to a bank is, you know, we all have the same products. You know, some of us may have different, you know, overlays or guidelines. We might have a little bit more flexibility to do it. Um, but it's all, you know, it's all about customer service. How can we make their transaction that they're giving us, that they're trusting us with, um, you know, with their buyers, how do we make that, as smooth as possible so that that way they really don't have to worry about anything. And then, you know, from there, once, you know, from start to finish, it closes and they're like, Whoa, that was really, really easy. You know, like, yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what we're offering. And then on top of that, you know, the buyers are really, really happy. You know, they want to, you know, be very, you know, comforting and, you know, the, the house buying process, you know, in any time in, in the industry, you know, from 20 years ago, 50 years ago to today, it's, 
it's all stressful. You know, this is the biggest purchase that they're ever going to have in their life. Um, outside of maybe a, a child, but, right. um, yeah. you know, they, it's, it's a stressful process. Even the easiest deals, you know, have something. I, I was talking to, to my sales manager about this yesterday. I was like, you know, every, every single file, every single transaction has a fire. There's just some fires that are much bigger than, than others. There's some fires that are very, very little and can be, you know, overcame, overcome pretty quickly, but you know, everything is, is, is potentially going to happen in there and it's a stressful situation. So if you can overcome that, make it as smooth as possible and, and give, you know, ex- excellent customer service to, you know, your buyers, um, and in relationship to, to the agent, then that's really just going to set you far apart. And then as well, your, your referral business from there is just going to take off. Yeah. Um, so, so you've been in the industry for about two and a half years. Um, you sound like you're doing really well. You know, we've only just connected, I think maybe like a month ago and we really just only talked about, a, you know, a couple of days ago when we found right. out, you know, how close, <laughs> how close we grew up together. Um, you know, yeah. did you ever see yourself coming into, you know, the mortgage or not the mortgage, but the real estate industry? Like, you know, sometimes before I really knew what I was going to do, I was, you know, I was financial life. Like that sounds fun. You know, a bank I worked at a little bit, but then I, I really kind of stepped into mortgage and then it, I never really encountered, like saw myself in here until I actually got into it. Was that the same for you? So no, um, to be honest, I, I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do, to be honest with you, literally. I mean, right. I mean, that child aspirations of, I want to be that baseball player, right? Yeah. I tried to ride that out forever. Well, not forever, but till I was 24 years old, really. Um, I pitched one year for the Yuma Scorpions under Mike Marshall. Okay. That's so cool. very, yeah, very small stint, but then hurt my arm. And I never really thought about it, you know, unfortunately. Um, and so I just, you know, made sure whatever I did do, I did it to the best I could. And whatever opportunity came, you know, I evaluated it and said, does, does that make the most sense for me right now for, you know, growth, potential growth and what can I get into? So, um, I I really just took it one day at a time when it comes to what I wanted to do just because I was just floundering, right. Just didn't really have that solid, this is what I want to do. So, um, I did have thoughts of real estate in the back of my head growing up. Uh, you know, I always thought it was cool. Like, dang, real estate agents, that's pretty cool. Um, but I didn't know how I was going to get into that space or, you know, how do I become a realtor? How do I get my real estate license? Never really thought about that. Just like, wow, that's real estate's cool. Yeah. So it's funny how I came, got into the business. Um, and I'm, I'm super pumped that I'm, you know, in the real estate space and, uh, looking back at it now, I wish I would have got in sooner. Right. I but, think same thing. Like, I'm like, why did I not figure this out in like, yeah, at 22 yeah. or 23 instead of yeah, yeah, 25, 26. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, you know, it's, I'm thankful for where I'm at because at the same time, um, you know, I would have maybe not met my wife, maybe not have my daughter right now, maybe not have the life I live right now. You know, maybe I would, be living somewhere else if I started real estate sooner. I, I you, d- you don't know, right? Right. Because if I started real estate sooner, I'd still be in San Diego because I don't want to leave that book of business. Right. Right. So um, I, I'm, I take it as a blessing. Um, and, you know, we just, I don't know for yourself, but, you know, maybe we just didn't have the right mentors, right? Like my dad's a very hard worker, probably one of the hardest workers I know. However, he was, you know, a grease monkey who worked on cars his whole life and then, you know, construction, right? So he didn't have maybe like the resources or the knowledge to say, Hey son, you know what? Like, I don't want you doing this with me. All my friends are doing real estate or doing mortgages Mm -hmm. or doing financial investing. And you need to go talk to Billy or Johnny and, you know, you know, just pick their brain about things because I love you son, and you can make a decent living what I'm doing, but I want better for you. Right. My dad never thought on that, you know, process. He was just like, yeah, let's go. Okay. Let's go build some houses. Right. And he's done very well for himself on doing all that. 
Right. But he didn't push me to go out and like, no, go go figure out what you want to do. Because both him and I had the dream of, you know, just baseball, baseball, baseball. So, you know, it, it really does go back to your support system and, and people you have around you. So um, I didn't have those mentors. I had great uncles. I had a great father. They busted their butt and worked very hard. But, you know, they didn't really have the guidance for me to say, hey, you know, go check this sector out. Go check out this business. Right. I had a similar, um, you know, I just, my dad was in labor business as well. He did, you know, advertising for, for companies and, um, it, same thing. I think whenever I was just young, I I tried to go the football route. I went and played, um, or tried to play, um, football at Humboldt state up in Northern California and didn't like it. I mean, I just, it was too far away from home. And if you know, Humboldt state, it's like the complete opposite of San Diego. You think of California, you think of sun and beach and girls and you go to Humboldt state and you got trees and rain and (laughs) nothing. And so, yeah. And so I just, I went up there and then I came back after a couple of years of, you know, football, not working out school. I was not a school person. I still am not a school person. I tried going back a couple of times and then finally just was like, yep, it's not for me. I'm going to have to figure out how to make a living out outside of having a degree because I just, I don't have the capacity to, not that I, I couldn't do it. I just, I, I can't contain or I can't maintain the enthusiasm from when I initially start, you know, whenever you're like halfway or you're, you know, going through it, it just not my thing. So, you I know, I, I was in the and same it's, boat. It's like, where, where am I going to do, what am I going to do from here? Like, I don't have, I don't have a lot of background. I don't have, like you said, a lot of mentors that can really, you know, open my mind to what options are out there. You know, if you do, you know, it kind of always, you need a degree, you need a degree, you need a degree. I'm like, okay, well, if I get a degree, then what am I going to do with that? Like, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't have a path that I want to go and then pursue a degree that's going to help me get to that path. I just am, I'm in, I'm a lost boy. Like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. So yeah, it's, you know, I wish that I kind of matured and, and figured out what I really wanted to do, you know, and I still, even when I started in mortgage, like I, I didn't necessarily know that I wanted to, I, I knew I wanted to become a, a loan officer because I can control my hours. I can control my paycheck um, and I'm working directly with people to help get them into houses or fix their housing situation, you know, regardless. So I was like, that, that sounds like a lot of fun and I want to do it. But even when I first started out, I, I didn't know that's what I really wanted to do. And then as I progressed and then got into it, it's, it's been like, okay, this is, this is it. Like, this is what you're going to spend your next 20 years doing and, and dedicate yourself to the grind. But yeah, I think about that all the time. I'm like, if only I just had this mindset when I was 22 and, you know, 22, 23, and I could just, you know, start entry level there and then make the aggressive moves that I needed to make, you know, as I progressed in the industry. But like you said, everything happens for a reason, you know, life could be completely different if that was the case. And I, yeah, I could still be living in San Diego and who knows what that life would, would bring. You know, I think right. about that too. It's like, if I didn't move out here, what would my life look like? And you know, you gotta, you gotta accept your decisions and realize that, yeah, everything does happen for a reason. And that's why you're here in, in this exact position. So. Absolutely. Now we just take advantage of the blessing we, we, we were presented, right? right. And just take advantage as much as we can now to just build it as fast as we can, because now we have the right support staff and the mentors and friends around us right. to get to where we want to go. So. Well, and too, like, I want to take, you know, what I didn't have, when I was young and give that to people coming up. Like I've always been the younger person around older people. Even when I was in high school, I think it goes back to my pop Warner days. I was always a bigger kid. And so I play on a, on the level higher because of weight. And so like I would always play with older kids. Um, and I, even like when I started in, in the industry, I was usually the youngest person in the building and now I'm getting, I'm getting to my mid thirties. And so I'm not normally the, the youngest person in the building anymore, but you know, anybody that's, you know, kind of getting into it or just not necessarily in the, in the industry, but just anybody that's around me, that's looking for that type of, you know, mentorship or even just some direction. Like, you know, I'm trying to, to be aware of that and realize that to the people around me, because I desperately wish that I had that when I was younger. Like I desperately wish I could have someone sit down and say, look, there's a million different ways to make money and a million different ways to have a career in a life 
you don't have to follow the traditional route that everybody does, you know, and being in this industry now, you know, seeing people's tax returns and how they earn money and, you know, what they do for a living and how they handle their finances, there literally are a million different ways to earn money and to make a living. So (laughs) just, yeah, giving, giving back, you know, what I, I desperately wanted as a younger child or as a younger man, of, you know, kind of being that direction or giving that support to people that are coming up into it and is, is really what I, I would like to do because yeah, paying it forward, I feel like is going to be the best option to, to anybody. So. Yeah, no, agreed. And, you know, on top of that, I think what uh, has also paid me dividends is not having all that mentorship growing up right out of high school and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, the street smarts part of it where I just went out and just started throwing stuff against the wall and understanding, understanding what sticks and just going to talk to as many people as I can. Right. Because at the end of the day, no matter what position you go into, if you have the people skills to just carry on conversations, you can probably do good in any position you go into for a job. Right. Right. So, you know, just talking to, you know, the younger generation or the ones that don't know what they want to do and start still trying to figure it out, just go start asking a bunch of people questions. Right. Go, go that person that you look up to and be like, man, he's driving that car. What does he do? Go up to that person. But hey, no, you know what? This is the long shot. And it's kind of like way out of left field. But hey, man, I'm, I'm a 22 year old kid that's just trying to find my way right now. And um, you have a beautiful car, love the car. What do you do for work? Yeah. Right. And just go start asking those questions, right. And having those conversations because those are opportunities as well. Right. Cause it might have that guy who's that multimillionaire driving that car and you ask that question, but that guy loves your energy. And the fact that you're not scared to come up and ask that question, he, that's the, the, the person that is looking for you know, that multimillionaire that's looking for that next multimillionaire, that next him, he might even give you an opportunity, right? Right. He might be like, you know what, kid, like, what are you looking to do? Right. I mean, I, I could use you in my office pushing paperwork right now and I'll teach you my trade. Like stranger things have happened, but those are opportunities that that kind of stuff happens because hard work is at the end of the day, trumps everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we can find the person that multimillionaire or that anybody can find the person that wants to put in the hard work, you can train them to do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that kind of circles back to, you know, what we were talking about, you know, agent wise, you know, breaking, finding that common barrier with somebody, you know, it's about you, you're not going to make a connection with a realtor or anybody if you don't go up and talk to them. So it's just, and what I've learned, and it's so such a cliche statement, but everybody says it is it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And that can be any more real in our industry, um, let alone in just the world, because yeah, that's so true. I've gotten almost all of my jobs um from except for maybe one, um, from who I know rather than what I know. It's, you know, somebody has a connection, they know an opening, they, you know, I think what connected you and I is that you posted a video of someone or that you're needing, you know, uh, a transaction coordinator for a realtor team. You're needing a loan officer assistant for a lender team. And I came across someone literally, how did that work the same day um, that is, is looking for something like that. And then that's our connection. But like, it's, it's not about, it's not about you know what you know or or everything. It's all about who you can connect with, and then having the courage and um and the the determination to go and make that connection and go ask that you know millionaire how did what do you do for work how did you get here I love the line it's probably one of my favorite one of my favorite movies but probably one of my favorite lines of that movie is when Jonah Hill asks uh, Leo DiCaprio what he does for a living. Like, well, how'd you get that car? What do you do for a living? And he's like, yeah. show me your pay stub and I will quit my job right now. <laughs> right. It's true. It's so true. And then, you know, obviously that, that whole story is different, but you know, they made right. a ton of money and illegally, <laughs> but, yeah. um, but it's, it's the, the thought behind it. It's absolutely you know true. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly the same story I just explained to you. Right. Like crazier things have happened. Like this is a dude who was just like, 
yes, in the movie, right? Like, what do you do? And then he, and then he had the, you know, the courage to ask, all right, show me your paycheck and I'll quit my job and work for you. Like, I wouldn't even go that route, but right. <laughs> yeah, I might, uh, I might not call life. on the payphone. I might go like maybe test it out for a week and then, yeah, maybe slowly <laughs> quit my job. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a movie. So, but that's, yeah, but I mean, at the same time, that's the reality of it too, right? Just ask questions, ask people good questions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Open that communication barrier. I mean, it, you, the one thing and which is why I wanted to start this podcast just in general, the world revolves around communication. You know, it's whether it's for work, whether it's for your personal life, your marriage, your kids, you know, communicating with your kids right now. Uh, Diego is, he's two, but he's learning two languages at once. He's behind the curve with, you know, speaking, but it's all about communication. He wants a certain thing and he can't communicate to me what he wants directly yeah. and it's just uh, it's a 10 minute ordeal it was like okay do you want this nope don't want that do you want this nope don't want that okay you want this and like no nope, not necessarily and then it's something that you're not even thinking about it's just communication is such a major thing and i didn't realize that until i got into a more career mindset of you know anything you do regardless you know whether it's email whether it's text whether it's talking on the phone whether it's webcasting it's all about communication and you need to have the right communication tools and again the courage to to communicate what you were trying to ask you know it's a little nerve-wracking you know call, you know t- texting you and being like hey man would you like to jump on a podcast episode you know we haven't really talked much we don't really have much to talk about outside of our common you know things that we share but we're doing it and we're almost an hour in and, you know, it's just a matter of, of having that courage and then just doing it and, and asking the questions and, and opening up that dialogue, because that's going to get you much farther along than if I said it didn't text you and say, you know, Hey, would you want to jump on this? And then I'm, I need to figure out who I'm going to have on this week's episode. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, going back to quotes and stuff like that. I mean, one that I like to live by is Wayne Gretzky, right? You miss every shot you don't take. Right. Like yep. that, that dude's a legend and it truly is. So just, you know, in a respectful way, as long as you're coming from a good heart, go take every shot, go ask every question, right? There are very good people out there in the world and they're willing to give them, they're willing to give a little bit of their time to that person who's asking good questions that truly wants to know, because I'm trying to better myself. Right. So yep. go out there, take those shots. If you fail, don't worry about it. Don't take it as you failed. You take it as it was a learning process. Yeah. So, right. I didn't, oh man, I failed. No, no. What did I learn there? Right. 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 Keep so away. whenever we, uh, before we actually started recording this, um, we were kind of talking about, you know, what my business plan looks like, what, you know, what I've, what I've been doing since I've, I've came over and I told you one of my big things is, uh, drop by open houses. So agents, yeah literally it's called an open house. Anybody can drop in and and show up and look at the house. And when I was, you know, trying to figure out how I was going to, you know, start building my book of business, go in and stop and buy open houses. No other lender does it. I mean, there's a small, small percentage of lenders that do it. Um, but it's, it's a very, very challenging thing. And I had a little background because I would go door to door selling life insurance. So that's, Little different story to go cold knock on somebody's house. I've had, you know, some dogs. Life bark- yeah. I've had some dogs bark at me. I've had some guns shown to me. Yeah. I've had some doors slammed in my face. So, you know, when I'm looking at it, it's like, it's an open house. Literally I can go in. No one's going to to push me out or kick me out. So that was a big thing. And then, you know, as I started doing it, you know, in the very beginning, I didn't obviously didn't know what I was going to talk about. What am I going to say to this guy? You know, I'm stopping in his his open house to try and win him or win them, you know, right. into partnering with me and and sending me their business and crash and burn a ton of times. And it's about yeah, walking out of the house, you're like, I failed. You know, I I didn't do it. You know, I I I didn't portray what I wanted to say to him. I stumbled over my words. I I did whatever. Like I, I made a million mistakes. And then you just have the, you know, the adversity to keep going to that next house. And then after about two or three weeks, my mindset completely flipped because I went into a house and it's actually the one of the agents that I work with right now to this day, we met and it was a probably a year and a half before we actually started talking, talking to, to start working together. Um, 
I walked in the house and it was really quick because he had people that were, it was a really busy open house. So I was like, Hey, I'm just stopping by. Here's some stuff that I have for you. Would love to, you know, talk to you a little bit more. Hope you have a good day. Super receptive about it was really, really nice. And I'm like, Hey, like not all of these are bad. Like I went to 15 houses before and I got burned on every single one. They pretty much just said, yeah, have a nice day. Get out of the house. This one was like accepting of me. Like they actually were like very thankful for me to come in and and talk to them. And that's when my mindset changed. It's like not every single, you know, failure is a failure. Like you're literally just building up to what you are trying to to succeed in. You just got to look at that. And obviously the, the sales, the sales motto is it's a numbers game. You're only going to, it's, you know, it's a numbers game. You're, you're going to run into so many no's before you get a yes. If you hit no, 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 guess what? That next one's going to be a yes. And if it's a no, then the one after that's going to be a yes. And so switching that mindset and realizing, you know, you're not failing, you're just learning. It's not about failing or succeeding. It's about what you can do to learn from what you're doing and then fix it the next time so that that when that next opportunity comes, it's a more likely a yes than it is a no. Absolutely. So, yeah. And, um, to go on top of that for anybody who's listening, um, you know, and for yourself, if you haven't already, uh, read the book, go for no. Have you read it? I have not, but I'm a big reader. So I, I always, okay. I tell everybody I'm always down to add something to the list. Cause I, I okay. my goal this year was to read 24 books and I'm, I'm almost there. So I'm a big reader. Damn. I haven't even read 24 pages yet this year. <laughs> no, just kidding. Go for no. So, okay. and, and it'll, it'll, you know, tra- it translates into life as well, right? I mean, if you go for no, just like I said, it's a numbers game. Go for no. Like yeah. I'm going into this open house, going for the no. And if yeah. I get the yes, boom, huge win. Let's go. Right. It's all about sh- changing the mindset uh, set of, oh, I hope he doesn't say no. Like, oh, like, this again that's the exact mindset that i was going in with in the beginning it's like oh i just got burned on this and i'm gonna go in with a fake smile and happiness and yeah here i am and knowing that he's gonna like great have a nice day (laughs) like don't let the door hit you on the way out yeah but if you go in with that like yeah he's gonna whatever he's gonna shit on me or they're not gonna you know want me really there or they're probably gonna even ignore me if there's other people in the house Cool. I'm already expecting that. And then if they do say yes, then cool, man. That was a right. that was a really good house to go in. Yeah, exactly. So uh the book Go for No. Okay. And then uh the other book I would recommend since we're on books. Uh have you ever read Who Moved My Cheese? No. That's a really funny title though. It's dude, it's game changer. Okay. Who moved my cheese? So what's the, just all about what's the concept? Um do you want to be the business owner who does the same thing over and over and over and that you've done the same thing for years and people love you, but then the shop, say you're a mechanic shop and you've done the same thing over and over and over and over mm-hmm. and people love that. But then a mechanic shop across the street opens up and you're doing the same thing as that, that shop is doing the same thing as your shop, but they've added technology, you know, different customer service, you know, the latest and greatest uh, lifts and tools. Now it's a little sexier, right? So people are like, oh, wow, what's what's this new place over here? So people are going to give that place an opportunity because it's different. It's changed, right? So who moved my cheese is don't be just because the same thing has worked for you for so long. Always, always want to be chasing the next best thing. Always try and get ahead of everybody else before you get passed up. Right. So, um, you know, it's just, you've been, you know, the business owner has been getting all the cheese, right. Just handed to them. And next, you know, it, it's getting taken away because there's someone else doing the same thing, but better right across the street from you, which that's what, that's what is happening in life. Right. For sure. You're you're a loan officer, but there's another loan officer that's trying to outwork you right around the corner. And, if we don't try and get better ourselves in our own business and prospect our own clients, there's someone, there's another Nick, right? On this, on both ends, you, there's another Nick for you. There's yeah. another Nick for me that's trying to earn my client's business. Right. So if I'm not continuing to 
try and be better for myself, my clients, my team, and move with times, there's someone else that's going to be trying to come right back behind me and backdoor me and take my clients. So it's uh, who moved my cheese is just a great, it's like an 87 page book real quick. Okay. And it was wrote like 30 years ago and still relevant to this day. And it was one of the hardest hitting books I've read was like, wow, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So. Cause I mean, you get so caught up in the day to day or your, your goals that you're trying to achieve or just like the normal, you know, the normal grind. You don't think about that. Like, Hey, there's going to be somebody that comes in and takes my job, you know, at some point. So you got to be ahead of that you know, of course, and, or keep that at least in the back of your mind so that when it starts to happen, you can adapt and evolve. And because that's the biggest thing in this industry, um, real estate mortgage title, um, is adapting and evolving. You know, things are going to change obviously with this year, (laughs) we've had to adapt and, and evolve with what happened. It's just, we're still adapting and evolving. You know, we, we were what, seven, eight months in and still learning about what we can do and what we're going to do. And, it's just a matter of yeah, staying ahead of the curve and and making sure that you're at least aware that of what is happening. Because yeah, if you just sit back and and collect the money, that money is slowly going to run out and go to somebody else. So, yeah, very cool. All right, well we're uh, we're almost coming up to the end here. I got a, another really important question for you. Um, yeah. It's not really that important because based on the last <laughs> couple of nights, but uh, you're a baseball player, Padre fan. Padre fan. All right, cool. We can be friends now. We can work together now. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's really sad. I, I was really, really hopeful, really hopeful on uh, Tuesday night, and I was getting a little hopeful last night. I don't know if you watched the game, but that home run that was robbed. I, was I know. Like, oh my gosh, that was that would have been so cool. I would have been so, so cool. To all you Dodger fans that may be listening, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. I mean, uh, this. I mean, this was a great promising year. And and to be honest with you, we would have probably given a stronger run at this playoff right now. If we didn't lose Clevenger and And who else we lost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the fact that we've, that we won the wild card um, series and that we've been competitive with the Dodgers with absolutely no pitching. It's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, it's, Obviously, we want to win, and you know it's going to suck when if they lose, most likely, most likely <laughs> win. But um, you know, if they had solid pitching and could make you know competitive, I saw uh, someone posted yesterday. Um, Trevor Bauer, I think, tweeted was like, "Man, the Padres are raw, but they if they had pitching, they would be insane. We would be yeah. probably pretty close to the Dodgers because the Do- that's the thing too is watching them the Dodgers on Tuesday night and like no one is throwing less than 96 miles an hour. It's it's insane. Yeah. So hopefully we can carry this into, you know, obviously we want to finish the year, you know, obviously without losing, but you know, if that right. does happen, hopefully we can carry this momentum into next year and you know, with a full season, maybe we can do a little bit better charge um, towards the end of the season, and then yeah, hopefully have some some better pitching in, in the bullpen. But you know, yeah. for what well, we've know done what to, with what they've had, I mean, we got to be pretty happy with it. It's been a fun year to watch. I mean, it's short fun, short year, but it's been fun, right? For sure. So, for sure. Um, but we know what to build on for next year. So that's that's the key thing, right? I mean, it, we're pretty solid throughout the lineup now. Yeah. Our, yeah, our bullpen, yeah, probably is the best bullpen in you know the bigs. Right now it's just getting that, you know, true, true one, two punch on the pitching side. Yep. For sure. So for sure. What do you think about that? uh, That major league debut, Ryan Weathers. Uh, That was huge. The the lefty. Yeah. Kids a stud. Yeah. What a, what a time to come in and make your first major league debut in the playoffs against one of the best teams in, in the league. Right. What do you do? Four or five shutout innings. Yeah, I think yeah, he did. He crushed it. It was I was exciting yeah. to see, and I didn't realize that he was straight. You know, this was his first first appearance, so that's, yeah. that's pretty big. It was so. Um, so right, it's man. promising. Yeah, yeah, promising. definitely. I'm looking forward to another game tonight. Hopefully, fingers crossed, make it a, at least a decent series. But again, you know, it's it's the Padres. You can't hold our breath for too long. So yeah, amen to that. <laughs> All right, Nick. Well, yeah, we're coming up on time. Uh, let everybody know how they can find you, social media wise. Okay. Social media wise, I'm just on Facebook, um, Nick Robertson or Nick.Robertson31 at yahoo.com. 
So that's Facebook. Um, and then cell phone wise, 602-621-1858. Give me a call, text me. My phone's on 24 seven. This is my job. You're not bothering me. I love and it. I look forward to hear from you. So I love it. I love it. All right, dude. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Yep. Everybody else. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thanks, Nick. Be good. All right.